Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Control Intelligence. I'm Mike Bassador, Editor-in-Chief of Control Design, and your host for today's podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Divya Prakash, who is Director of Business Consulting, Industry 4.0 at Six Sensor Intelligence. We'll be talking about machine data and digitalization, as well as remote monitoring, analysis, and diagnostics. The fourth industrial revolution, with its digitalization and networking of machines, has been changing our lives for some time. These new technologies have allowed the physical and virtual worlds in production and logistics to merge to form cyber-physical systems. Since 2011, these developments have been referred to collectively as Industry 4.0. Machines have the ability to communicate with one another autonomously, thereby optimizing process flows. Industry 4.0 clearly relates to networking in the industrial field, and sensors play a very important role in the value creation chain in this area. The prerequisite for communication is an abundance of information, which is what smart sensors deliver. The smart factory is a prerequisite for Industry 4.0. Every sensor, every machine, and every human involved can communicate with and among one another at any time. This information exchange does not end at the factory gates, however. The interplay of edge and cloud also allows production and data management from and to the outside. This intensive cooperation between technology and humans makes the process more transparent, productive, and profitable. Divya Prakash is Director of Business Consulting, Industry 4.0 at Six Sensor Intelligence. He has more than 30 years of experience in the manufacturing industry including leading customers in their digital transformation journeys. Prakash is well-versed in emerging IT and OT standards, edge computing, and cloud implementation, and he has experience in implementing automation and information solutions across enterprises. Welcome, DP. Thank you, Mike. It's my pleasure to join you this morning. We are so happy to have you here. I'm sure this is going to be a very interesting conversation. So let's get started. Digitalization has made machine data available for remote diagnostics and analytics, as I mentioned previously. How has this advanced the promise of, I don't know what, what you want to call it, productivity as a service, equipment as a service, or maintenance as a service? How has that uh, availability of data enabled this? Yeah, I mean, all of those that you mentioned, productivity as a service, equipment as a service, maintenance as a service, yeah, these are all offshoots of, uh, you know, as we're moving forward with the digitization. So before we move forward, uh, it's always good to see where we are coming from, right? So digitizing of the sensors, digitizing of the digitalizing of the production data from paper system into Excel spreadsheets, uh, we are all aware of that, how it has now given us access to a lot of data you know, mm-hmm. which we call raw, raw data coming in, you know. The right. next step is to combine this raw data with some contextual information to make them into actionable data so you can take some action on it. I mean, there's no shortage of raw data. Mm-hmm. So we can then use this action, actionable d- data in our daily operations, you know. And this is what we are now calling digital transformation. We are more, how do we transform our, our operation and our businesses using this digital data? And digital mm-hmm. transformation is not new. You know, it is happening all around us as we move forward to improve our existing processes with help of diagnostics and analytics. You know, and when I say it's happening around us, it's happening in our lives too. 
if you look around, the mm-hmm. way we listen to music today, the way we watch movies sure. today, the way we yes. have those smart cameras at our front door. So digitization, digital transformation is, is manufacturing is no exception, right? So internet connectivity has made it much easier for us to connect to remote installations and, and, and perform all the services you mentioned earlier. So the availability of this data, whether on-premises or in a secure cloud location, opens a lot of opportunities for suppliers, OEMs, and machine builders. Traditionally, once the machine builder ships the equipment and successfully installs it, they have very limited insight into their equipment. Right? Imagine having access to real-time operational data to see how well your equipment is performing, analyzing if the machine is being used ideally, for example, within the design specifications, and performing mm-hmm. remote maintenance where you can see metrics drifting or components failing. This enables the machine builders to provide additional services to their customers, like maintenance as a service. So digitization is opening up a lot of them. So everything that you mentioned, productivity as a service, equipment as a service, maintenance as a service, access to data so you can do your own R&D. So there's a lot of things that digitization is making uh, changes into the industry. So um, what, what about the... The, the actual technologies, I know you talked a little bit about the remote connectivity uh, and the, you know, the smart sensors, the ability to collect, to collect that data, uh, you know, whether it's doing something with it on-premises, at the edge, in the cloud. But can you talk uh, a little bit about the specific technologies that have been the most important in enabling this uh, digitalization and, and the remote connectivity? Absolutely. Uh, Industry 4.0 or the fourth industrial revolution, you know, with mm-hmm. its underlying technological advancement has made this possible. You know, Internet is pervasive now. It's pretty much it is coming into place, and it is, it is one of the underlying uh, uh, technology that is helping us. So the fourth mm-hmm. industrial revolution with this digitization and networking of machines has, cha- has been changing our life for some time now. These new technologies have allowed the physical and virtual worlds in production and logistics to merge Right, and you mentioned that in the introduction, the new cyber mm-hmm. physical system, because it's not right. just on premises now connected to the cloud. So these developments, you know, since 2011, you know, these developments have been collectively referred to as Industry 4.0. You know, machines can mm-hmm. communicate with each other autonomously. They were optimizing process flows. Uh, industry 4.0 clearly relates to networking in the industry field. You know, sensors play a very important role. So when you're talking about technology is the most important underlying is the ability for, you know, machines to talk to each other, sensors mm-hmm. to talk to each other, communicate. So this communication is an abundance of information, which is what we are getting from smart sensors. So these mm-hmm. are the underlying technologies that is making things uh, much more as we move forward some of the technologies. The other bigger, bigger items like industrial Internet of Things, you'll hear these buzzwords out there, big data analysis, mm-hmm machine learning, artificial intelligence, edge computing, cloud computing. You know, these are all helping us get a better insight into our machine performance as we move forward, as well as moving from, as we call it, predictive maintenance to prescriptive maintenance. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just, you know. So that, that is what is happening with this underlying technological advancement. Right. You, you, have, no, uh, you have no digitalization. You have no data if you have no sensor to collect the data Absolutely. in the first place. That's where the rubber meets the road, exactly, yeah. Right, so, so you touched on uh, predictive and prescriptive maintenance, 
and uh, that that seems to be uh, one of the I, I kind of call it the low-hanging fruit for a lot of the digitalization initiatives where it's simple to explain to to someone here's an application where you can reduce your downtime you can increase productivity but besides the maintenance related applications what other applications are benefiting from this digitalization i mean is there a use case that you are seeing for acceptance testing or virtual commissioning and how how many manufacturers are actually looking for things like pr those productivity gains or even something like flexible engineering capacity good question i mean this machine machine digitization you know it's uh it's made, making access to information, right? So mm -hmm. the most important thing is, I mean, we, we mentioned how earlier, sensors are very important. Adding sensors to the machines to sense the process variables and make them available for either machine control or for perform, uh, to perform production counts, quality control, besides predictive maintenance. There's a lot of different applications that you can do so these mm -hmm. same sensors are also transmitting the data to higher level systems for data analysis or to feed into digital twins as the, as you hear that so some examples as you to specifically talk about that you know we have cases where machines have been commissioned with a very skeletal crew at site while the majority of the team watched and monitored the, the operations remotely because now everything mm -hmm. is connected digitally and you can now mm -hmm. watch it remotely during this pandemic time, I mean, you know, this lately, a lot of the customers, because of the travel restrictions, have done virtual, you know, factory acceptance mm -hmm. testing, where you could watch right. it through a camera, but also monitor all the data coming directly on a dashboard coming in and actually see the operations. So the possibilities are endless of what you can do. Once the data is available, what you do with the data and how you use the data, there's, I mean, there's so many, there's no limit to how you want to use it. Uh, the same data can be used differently by the quality people uh, looking from a quality window, uh, people who are in operations, people who are in maintenance, um, because they all look at the same data differently. But underlying data coming from the sensors gives you a lot better understanding uptime, downtime, all the other aspects. So there's different applications. Yeah, I, I suspect we've, we've just barely scratched the surface in terms of uh, some of the applications that will be available with this inordinate amount of data that we have available to us now. I mean, there are probably things we haven't even thought of that 10 years from now will just be commonplace because we have the access. Now, you, you had talked uh, just, just a minute ago, actually, about uh, you mentioned the digital twin. And while you were answering that first question, that was the first thing that popped into my mind when you were, you were talking about the remote connectivity and the ability to have your machine installed somewhere and you can watch it and see what it's doing and look at the op its operation and that just it was just screaming digital twin to me at that time as well now can you explain and you know to a lot of people that term digital twin is something they hear a lot but they're not really sure what it is so can you explain how well, not only how machine digitalization can be used to create a digital twin and what the significant advantages of that might be, but actually, can you define the digital twin for our listeners who might not be familiar with it? Yeah, no, I'll try here. So uh, a digital twin really is, in my understanding, is a virtual model 
designed to accurately reflect a physical machine or an asset. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. trying to make a virtual, you know, a model of, of the real right. machine. So this mm-hmm. machine being virtualized is outfitted with various sensors related to vital areas of functionality. So the most important thing is the physical asset needs to have a lot of sensors on them that picks up the data so you get a real-time view of what's going on. These sensors produce data about different aspects of the machine's performance, such as energy output, production counts, temperature, vibration, and more. This data is then relayed to a cloud system and applied to the digital copy. That digital copy is what we call the digital twin. So you're getting the real-time data from your, from, the, from your machines, physical machine, the actual asset, and you're transferring them to a virtual copy which is existing in the cloud, which we are calling is, is a digital twin. You know? right. So once informed with these such real-time data, the virtual model or the digital twin can then be used to run simulations, study performance mm-hmm. issues, and generate possible improvements, all with the goal of generating valuable insights, so, which can then be applied back to the original machine. So that is, uh, in my way, in a short in a way of explaining what sure. digital twin really is. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great explanation, DP. I, I love how you introduced the simulation part as well, because, I mean, it really is. It's, it's a simulation model, but with real-time data on something that is actually operating but exists as a virtual twin of the physical machine, which sounds pretty complicated, but I think you did a really good job of just explaining it, it, this is what it is. <laughs> so in terms of the, uh, I, I know you've had a lot of experience with, with digitalization, not only with machines, but with you know, enterprise transformations. Do you have any examples of maybe some communications networks or specific sensing capabilities or even diagnostics and how those work? Yeah, I mean, this is a, you mentioned a lot of st- uh, communication networks, sensing capabilities, diagnostic work. So all of those, you know, come into the pictures as different communication network protocols and others that we use for communication. So without going into a more technical side as such, so I'll give you some actual real-world examples where, where we okay. are, how we are engaging. So, so we are currently working with a few machine builders who are interested in providing additional services like you know, you mentioned in the very start of this conversation, uh, maintenance as a service. So mm-hmm. what we are doing, we are connecting our sensors to an edge gateway that is then transmitting the real-time status to our cloud solution. Yeah. The machine builders can then monitor the various parameters, and the, and the neat part is these machines are deployed globally, no matter, all over the world. But they can right. still watch, watch these monitors and watch these parameters and, and the settings and based on the, in all the different criteria that they have, then they can schedule their field service team to go out there to fix any abnormalities they're observing or to replenish any stocks that needs to be provided because of the levels they're doing. So th- what they're really seeing is you know, adding a, an additional layer of service that they did not do earlier and doing it now much more efficiently because they have insight into how the mm-hmm. equipment is being used. So, they're mm-hmm. utilizing our products. They're communicating securely, utilizing MQTT protocol. I, again, I didn't want to go into too much into the technical, technology side, but there's a lot of these industrial protocols that we are now using for communicating securely between the shop floor and into the, into the cloud. 
And so those are some of the practical experience we are seeing, and we're doing a lot more of that with the machine builders. You know, I know, uh, I mean, I can remember 10 or 15 years ago even when machine builders started talking about, you know, this availability. I mean, back then it was, you know, you had to get through a firewall, and the connectivity was uh, a bit clunkier than it is, say, today. Mm -hmm. But even the ability to collect that data and then to be able to um, to provide uh, that sort of service um, and then the you know I, I won't say dream but the potential to for a machine builder to sell productivity rather than a capital asset was kind of on the tip of everyone's tongue and is I mean is that is it happening is it, is are you seeing more of that? Starting, I know you know the compressor industry, for example, was yeah like Kaiser compressors had started doing that uh, years ago, where they would sell you know volume of compressed air rather than you know the actual compressor. But are you seeing that with other types of machinery now, or is it still you know it's kind of working its way into the process? Well, the underlying technology is now available, readily available mm -hmm. acceptance. The other. Sure. Criteria was the remote connectivity, as you as you mentioned earlier, was a little clunky. Mm -hmm. uh, people didn't think it was secure, and right. with a lo lot of the secure communication protocols that have come into into the into existence today, and some standardized as such with encryption and all the other aspects coming in. Plus, mm -hmm. you know, the the type of data that you're sending out is also is. Uh, you know, biggest concern earlier was that you, you might send some intellectual property out, you know, as, as you're transmitting data from the machine equipment. And those, right. are, those fears are gone because right now all you're sending is operational data. Is the pump mm -hmm. running? Is the motor running? Not running? How long has it been running? If it failed, why did it fail? You know, some that, that really doesn't compromise the pro intellectual property or, pro or product integrity or whatever the customer is manufacturing. So right. that is point. Yeah. allowing... Yeah, that is allowing a lot more, you know, acceptance. And uh, the other, as you mentioned earlier, the technology has advanced, so now it is making it easier uh, with all the underlying industry 4.0 technology, the cloud, the edge gateway, and bringing in some sensors, uh, bringing in some computing model all the way down to the edge, doing it as close to the manufacturing process as possible that delays the latency of actions that is happening on the shop floor. And so there's a lot of, lot of uh, advancements that has, has come along that is enabling all this today. Fantastic. Um, so finally, the $64,000 question, doesn't digitalization require machine replacement or, or even at least an upgrade to what's in operation? So if that's true, how can a machine builder or a system integrator or an end user for that matter execute some sort of affordable modification to machinery in you know, existing brownfield locations where there's already an installed base? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a, it's a common mistake to think that the legacy systems that you have must be up, upgraded or replaced to take advantage of digitization. You know, we, mm -hmm. we see this all the time. You know, this is a question we get asked. The, the fundamental question to ask is, what is typically needed is, is, you know, is addition of sensors. Do you have sensors that are collecting the data that you want to see? Mm -hmm. that you're, so that becomes the most important 
aspect to see if, if it is, we call it, you know, sensorizing the machines. Do you have sensors hmm. to pick the values, the variables that you're looking for, the indicators that you're looking for? And then once, if you have those today, you know, to collect that da data, then the question comes in is, how do I get that relevant data out of those systems, right? So again, mm -hmm. the, you don't have to replace the entire machines. You have an older sensors, you have older machines, we can still connect to those. Um, lots of new uh, gateways are coming in for transferring from one protocol, the older protocols, to newer protocols, uh, and then taking the data in together, and, and then transmitting it out along the stand, using the standard protocols like MQTT and other ones that I mentioned earlier, up into and taking advantage of the whole cloud solution as it is for or an analysis side. So if you have sensors, you're already there. You know, the question is now, how mm -hmm. do I get data out of the sensors in a format that, is, that I can use? And, then, and so there are technology, there are products, there are solutions that, uh, that we can do that. But the fundamental question, if you have no sensors, then that's where you, what you need really is sensorize your machines. You don't have to replace the machines or buy new, new, new equipment with the new sensors on them. You can sensorize your existing uh, equipment and pull all the data out as needed. Great. Excellent point and, and a great solution. These, these, are, these are surely exciting times. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks, uh, thanks, DP. Thanks to uh, all our listeners for joining us on Control Intelligence, the podcast for Control Design Magazine. Uh, thanks, of course, to SIC Sensor Intelligence's Divya Prakash for his insights into machine digitalization. Thanks for joining us, DP. Thanks, Mike. It was my pleasure. And if you enjoyed this episode of Control Intelligence, don't miss our older episodes and subscribe to find new podcasts in the future. You can find our podcast library at controldesign.com, or you can download all episodes via Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Thanks again, DP. Really enjoyed it. <laughs>